Overtime show this week. It's myself and Mitchell Marsh. Mitchell, how you doing? I'm doing swell. Doing swell. Catching up on sleep after staying up late for these games. Yeah, you see, this week you're no longer a logo. Uh, so, yeah, this week we're going to be splitting the show into two parts. So this week, me and Mitch are going to take on the AFC playoffs, and tomorrow Joe is going to have a very special guest from the check down. They're going to be talking about the NFC playoffs, just to be able to give it a little bit more in depth on these rather than skimming over the top of them for you guys. So, Mitch, we're going to kick it off with a review. We're going to go for the first game. I thought the one that was easy to call, and I did get it right, uh, was the Colts at the Bills. So the Bills win that game 27-24. I thought that game was going to be very physical from the off. I thought the Colts would go up there. I thought they would control the trenches. I thought it was going to be pretty much just a case of Josh Allen doing what Josh Allen does. And at the end of the day, what would let the Colts down was a lack of dynamic playmakers on the outside and from their quarterback. I thought just that last drive where they needed a Hail Mary, I just looked at it and I went, it's just a perfect example. They just don't have enough playmakers to be able to take on these better teams. No, you're absolutely right. And T.Y. Hilton's been a little bit underwhelming all year. And the last play of the game, Rivers couldn't even get it to the end zone. He had a couple of other late shots where he was throwing to Hilton in double coverage. And when you're that desperate, there's just not much you can do. To their credit, I thought overall they played a lot better in the trenches than I thought that they would. And Rivers, like people forget, Rivers is a really good quarterback for a very long time. He's clearly lost touch and he was never able to get over that hump. But they played much better than anticipated. This was as close as other than the Saints. This was probably the the game that I, I would have called a lock. And I, how depressing would have been for the uh, Bills Mafia if your first game back in the playoffs, uh, hosting a game, you're looking for that first win. You were a favorite. You might even be the favorite because um, you're like they're the kind of the sexy pick over the Chiefs right now to have gone down. So I was I was really nervous for them. I was like, how are they screwing this up? But huge credit to the Colts defense for holding in Josh Allen, who's just looked so explosive over the last few weeks. Yeah, I thought the Bills defense played better than what I maybe thought it was going to. Um, that goal line stand in the first half was something that was quite telling. But the, the problem for me is I think with the Bills is you can run the ball on the Bills really easily. If you, if you, you, it's not very hard. And like they've, you know, we'll talk about it later, but next they've got the Ravens. The Ravens are going to get 200 yards rushing minimum. You know, your, your objective is to try and stop them from getting three, 400 yards. So, yeah. My question for the Bills really is can that defense hold up against like a more high powered offense? So, you know, the Colts are very one dimensional and like, you know, we're going to try and out physical you. We're going to try and keep the ball away from you with Jonathan Taylor. And he had a good day. I mean, he had 21 attempts, 78 yards total, one touchdown. I mean, you know, he, he had a really good day. But I watched that Bills defense and I thought they're good. But I don't know how they're going to deal with the fact that when you play the Ravens, it's going to be a case of, is J.K. Dobbins running it? Is Lamar going to keep it on a quarterback draw? Is it going to go to Willie Sneed? Is it going to one of these tight ends? Like, when you play the Colts, I think the easiest thing to do is stop the run. And if he gets it out to T.Y. Hilton or Jack Doyle, fair enough. But they're the only two guys I could really see making a play at the weekend. Like, I, I couldn't see anybody else doing it. Yeah, you, they were able to narrow their focus, but I think they're going to be able to do the same thing against the Ravens. I think what they're going to do is they're going to have a spy on Lamar. Those read options, it's interesting that that is an age-old play that works over and over again. Obviously, it only really worked its way into the NFL for the first time in a long time 
with Tim Tebow and then became more popular with Cam Newton. Um, I think that they'll be able to relatively stop that because the Ravens, to me, they only scored 20 points against a pretty bad Tennessee defense. So while their run game is extremely lethal, obviously you're there. You can bank on them breaking a big play, but you would say the same thing for Derrick Henry. He wasn't able to break a big play against them, ran for 40 yards. That to me is the, the biggest telling number of last weekend. So for the Ravens, I think if they really narrow in on that run, then it comes to the point is you force Lamar to throw. But when he gets into death desperation mode later in that game, you still cannot let him rip off a big run like I can just imagine a third and 13 where they just leave it a little bit too open they've got to keep the spy on it and then he has got some okay like you know Hollywood Brown Andrews like he's got some okay weapons but I think they really have to force him into the throw when you talk about the Colts you don't want to you can't only focus on that because Philip Rivers is obviously a little bit stronger at that so to me, it's uh, I think a lot of people are really down on the Bills right after that game. They're like, oh, they exposed all their weaknesses. Like, everyone's going to have the pattern to beat them. We knew their run defense wasn't that strong. So it, it's it's going to be an interesting one, whereas we thought it was going to be this battle of two great run games against Tennessee, and it ended up being a low-scoring affair. With this one, you have two high-powered offenses, but I would take Josh Allen's dual ability over Lamar's dual ability. Right I, I think Josh Allen's got... A little bit more team. I'm more. I'd be more scared of Josh Allen than I am Lamar because yes, Lamar can run, but there was a throw yesterday. I it was an anticipatory throw, where it's one of those ones where you know you're the quarterback. You just for guys who don't really know this maybe, but you just you throw the ball based on anticipation. So I'm going to release the ball now, and by the time the ball gets to the spot, receiver's going to be there. He threw one yesterday where it was five yards to the left when it needed to be, you know, five yards, which needed to be ten yards to the right. And I just sometimes look at Lamar and go. If he isn't feeling the anticipation on those sorts of throws, that they're the difference in playoff games, you know, making those spot throws. I just sort of get the feeling that when we watch him, we'll talk about this a little bit more in depth, but I just get the feeling watching him that if he isn't feeling those, then the Ravens do lose a little bit of their edge because then it becomes a little bit more, I'm going to go to my first read and my first read's not there, I'm taking off. You know, so it's... They need to give him some short throws in the beginning, and that's something. It's it sounds pretty cliche that oh you got to give the young quarterback some short throws to get warmed up, but sometimes if he's not feeling it, he's really not feeling it, and he will he'll do something that this is something Drew Locke did all year that irritated me. He'll miss the most basic five yard out. He'll be like four yards short. He'll be like luckily he misses in the right spots, but it'll just be a terrible throw. And once I don't know if that gets in his head, but it just seems like he can't get to a rhythm. And uh, then he'll have a big play when he, did, but it's usually on a scramble. And so it'll be interesting to see if they can try and loosen him up a little bit because you cannot depend on him ripping off a 40, 50 yard touchdown run every game. That's exciting. He's capable, but that can't be the game plan. Yeah. Well, actually, since we're talking about the Ravens a bit in depth, we'll move on to that one. So the Ravens in the second wildcard game. Uh, they took on the Tennessee Titans um, down in Tennessee. They beat them 20-13. to 13. Both teams 11-5 going into this. I thought the Ravens were the the team to watch out for. They, they peaked at the right time of the year. They did a really good job in taking away Derrick Henry from the Titans. 18 attempts, 40 yards rushing the total, 8 yards was the longest. So they really just turned around and went, you know what, if Ryan Tannehill comes and beats us, that's fair. I, I can walk away from this if Ryan Tannehill beats us, but I am not walking away from this if Derrick Henry gets 100 yards plus on the grind. And I think we just seen it again. People saying Tannehill looks really good. 
No. There was a throw yesterday. I think Corey Davis was wide open on the last play when Marcus Peters picks him off. Corey Davis is wide open. Like, that's a bust the game open play, and Tannehill just throws it straight to Marcus Peters. Like, it's just one of those ones of, I think we're proved right about Tannehill. I don't think he's... If you want to be a good team, and you want to make the playoffs, Tannehill's your guy. If you want to go win a Super Bowl, you can't win it with Tannehill. It's, it's just very obvious. The only way you're going to win it with Tannehill is if you have an unreal defense and an upgrade on weapons for Tannehill to play with. And I say that even though he, you know, he's got Brown and he's obviously got Derrick Henry, but if the team can narrow in that much and Tannehill can't take advantage, which he did last year, that was something he was able to do a couple times. He rose to the occasion. He did not do it that time. You can't rely on him. And I don't know the next time we're going to see a bad quarterback lead a team to a Super Bowl. It's happened a handful of times. Or not a bad quarterback, but a quarterback that can do everything that you want. Yeah, like a game manager, basically. Um, yeah, but I mean, in 2015, you know, uh, Peyton Manning was essentially a game manager for a great defense, but I don't know. And, and seeing Russell Wilson was still in his first evolution when the Seahawks went to their two Super Bowls and won one of them, that he needed the Legion of Boom. So it it's going to be interesting in the way today's NFL is if if uh, a, a medium quarterback can even can do it. Like, you might need someone like Josh Allen, Mahomes, Rodgers, uh, even Brady, who looks pedestrian sometimes, but has these superhuman abilities to be able to get to the next level. Yeah. I want to do give a compliment to the Ravens and tell you why the Ravens are going to lose. First and foremost, I think John Harbaugh is a huge reason that they won that game. I don't think that the coaching staff gets enough credit of being professional and coming up with a game plan and executing it at a really high level. Um, mistakes can be made and won or lost in those decisions and I think he made the right decisions he made the right game plan and he made up for some insufficiencies but they've won six games in a row now and I think that is fool's goal they have not really beat a good team and the only time they beat a team that looks decent right now the Browns it was a really high scoring game they only scored 20 points on the Titans I just don't see them being able to shoot it out with Allen or to be able to limit him to say under 27 24 to 27 points here so I think their win streak is a little bit overrated but they are hot they are confident and they have a great coach I would say they have the advantage in the coaching department I just don't see them going into um, to Buffalo and, and winning yeah I mean the reason they traded for guys like Calais Campbell was for games against Tennessee so you know we're not going to get beaten by the run but you know, look into that Bills matchup. The Bills, they're not going to run the ball on you. They're they are going to throw it. And that's the issue is, what's Marcus Peters' greatest weakness? He can't cover people sometimes. He gets a little too greedy, looks to go for the big pick, and then actually, you know, you bust a 50-yard play on him. It, it happens over and over again that he gets a little lax, doesn't doesn't concentrate enough. And he, he is great reading the game. Don't get me wrong, he will make some incredible picks. Like, he will finish his career with, like, 80-plus interceptions. But he's not... He's the weakness in the defense, I think, on the backside. And when you look at Josh Allen's arm, he's just going to go Stefan Diggs one-on-one with Marcus Peters. Let's see if we can get him to bite one or two times, and he will. And then that's the case, can you take advantage of that? But just sticking back to that game with the Ravens, I mean, I mean this team's ridiculous. I mean, if, if you know, Lamar leads a game with 136 rushing yards, I mean, they're just going to... I They remind me of the Patriots a little bit. They're just going to kill you with a thousand cuts. It's just going to be a case of five yards here. Five yards there, three yards, two yards, eight yards. It's they're they are capable of the big play, which we talk about with Lamar with those 40, 50 yard runs. But they're very similar to the Patriots in that they're gonna keep you on the field, they're gonna keep your offense off the field, and it's gonna be long, long drives, and it's just gonna wear you down, and eventually that's when you get those big plays. 
it'll be interesting to see if they can sustain that because you're right. Like if they can keep picking up five to six yard chunks, uh, I don't know. I think they're tempted by the big play. I think that is that is an mo. So uh, I don't exactly know what to expect from this game, but I've enjoyed watching the Bills a lot. And after what the Ravens are doing, it's definitely not a gimme. The only other reason that I think I subconsciously want the Bills to win is because I think they have a better chance against the Chiefs. I do not want the Chiefs to win, and that is as a Bronco fan, but also as a, like, sometimes it feels like the Chiefs are, um, uh, they, they just, it feels, it seems to be, they're like the Alabama, you know? And that's why them looking human the last few weeks and Buffalo kind of gaining this momentum has been exciting because... I just don't want a predictable Super Bowl. Like last night, I did not care about the national championship game because who was in the final four was predictable. Who was in the national championship game was predictable. How ugly that game was and how easy it was was predictable. Um, no NFC team really scares me. Everyone keeps talking about how good a couple of these defenses are, and I just don't buy it against Patrick Mahomes. I just don't. So, um, yeah, did you have anything else on um, on Bills? They are a 2.5 point Two, two, and a quarter, two and a half point favorite over the Ravens uh, before we move on to the other matchup? Yeah, I mean, I think the Bills just favored because they're at home. I think if this was the other way around, if they had to go to uh, M&T Bank Stadium, I think they would be, the Ravens would be slight favorites. I think the case people just don't know. They just, they know how high-powered the offense is under Josh Allen, but they just don't know what this is going to look like in the playoffs. I think had we seen this last year, that we'd be able to turn around and say, okay, that, you know, we know what to expect from this team, but we really don't. Because it's the playoffs, it's an unknown quantity. We don't know how players are going to play. Like, we know Stefan Diggs is a stud receiver. This is his biggest game of his career. Like, we don't know how he's going to play. We don't know how Josh Allen's going to play. You know, Sean McDermott, he's been coach of the year candidate. But we don't know how he's going to play in an experienced playoff situation. We know what John Harbaugh is going to do. We, we've seen that before. So it's a case of, I think the Ravens will turn up, and I think they'll be prepared. I don't think we're going to see an ill-prepared Ravens team that all of a sudden finds itself 14-3 down. I think it's going to be a really tight game. I think they'll come up, they'll be prepared. I think they're going to give Josh Allen some looks that he maybe hasn't seen before, that they've got stored away in the back pocket. And I wouldn't be shocked if there's one or two trick plays in this game. I think there's going to be one or two. There's going to be one or two trick plays, I think, just to try and buff this game open because I could see this easily being 10-10 going into half. I, I easily could. I think he's, I think with the Ravens running the ball, that would kill the clock. And I think they're going to give Josh Allen problems because that pass rush, they do have a pass rush. Like, yeah. And the Bills, everyone says they're, they're good with Singletary and Moss. Moss is gone. I'm not convinced Singletary is a first and second down back. I think he's a, a third down back. So I think it's going to be interesting because I don't think the Bills are going to run the ball that much. I think the Ravens are going to be able to tee off on Josh Allen and that's if the Bills can survive that, then they win the game. But I think if the Ravens get home, then it's going to be, it's going to be a lot tighter than people. I think people are giving that credit for. I think that's a strength of, of this guy, Josh Allen. I hope it's, that's the thing. When it comes down to it, when you're not personally invested, I do want good football. Like I want to watch the best game. Um, so I hope that it does come down to it. But... I, for the Bills, it feels like they have this chip on their shoulder constantly. It's not like every game's been a playoff game because they obviously had some things locked up pretty early. But to me, I, I don't see the big the big lights scaring them too much. Um, and frankly, that might be the more competitive game because this other game here, Chiefs, Browns, 
I don't see how the Browns win it, not because I don't think it's possible, but because I think the Chiefs are either going to blow them out, or if it is close, I just trust Patrick Mahomes late so much. And I cannot see Cleveland building a lead. So I'm not writing them off. I picked that upset last week. I said they'd win by three, and they obviously, um, you know, even though they kind of had some sketchy moments in there, had this great lead for a while. Um, I feel like I've been a pro-Cleveland person, but there's just no way... Baker Mayfield's a gamble, and Patrick Mahomes, even if you say their offenses looked only above average instead of incredible all-time great lately, there's just, I just don't see, I just don't see it the other way, but yeah, let's talk, what what did you see from these guys on wild card? Well, we'll, let's say we'll get into that AFC North um, playoff game, uh, I'm actually going to ask you a question, so pretend we haven't seen the game, right? I said to you, Ben yeah. Roethlisberger throws for over 500 yards, but he drops back 68 times. What do you say to that? He wins. I think throwing for 500 yards is bad. Yeah. I think throwing over 40 times is bad. So I w- if you would have told me he threw for five touchdowns and not throw- told me he threw for four picks, I might have said, okay, maybe they won. And it just ended up being he was airing it out because we knew the Browns could score a lot of points. But... I, whenever I root for big quarterback stats in the NFL, you have to know that like something is going wrong if they have to throw so much to get 500 yards. 400 yards could mean that you had a great game and only had to throw X amount of times. To get to 500 yards, you just have to throw more unless you know you have a, an extra 80 or 90 yard bomb tossed in there. So those are that's a great way to frame the argument. But uh, yeah, it was yeah. it was ugly. I mean, the passing yard wide, um, their average completion was about was ten yards a play. So they were still getting yard, like big yardage, but then that's because I would say the Browns were dropping off and going, "We'll give you first downs. We're not giving you the over the top play." So I think that's where a lot of that came from. But um, from the Steelers, I mean, it's another case of I think them turning up to a playoff game, turning up to a big game. They're not a buttoned up organization. They they're very loose. We saw the stuff what was happening with Juju dancing on people's logos. You know, then he got rocked. It, it took until Juju getting absolutely blasted for Mike Tomlin to eventually be like, all right, don't do that. You know, I, after Mike Pouncey, the all-pro center, snaps the ball over Big Ben's head and the Browns start with a touchdown, I think it just surmises what's been going on in Pittsburgh the last couple of years. They're not buttoned up. They're not ready to play. And they are but relying they should on be. When you have Mike Tomlin and you have Ben Roethlisberger and Pouncey, like we're not talking about inexperienced people here that to see them collapse part of it is just they're just not as good as we thought and i or not even as we thought we're not they're not as good as their 11 and 0 record might have implied but there is no way with tomlin and roethlisberger that the mentality can be so unbuttoned and so ridiculous like and it's the fact that right after they snapped it over the head they didn't come back and make a positive play he threw a pick it and still, they came within 12, and they had the ball on the other side of the 50. So it's not like this game was completely out of reach. Um, that's what scares me for Cleveland. Is like I just don't trust them to even hold a, a three-touchdown lead. But, yeah, I think you're absolutely right in that the Steelers organization is such a great, strong organization overall. You can't trust them right now. They don't feel put together. Yeah, I mean... It just, I mean, the interception Big Ben threw after on that, the first interception on that second drive was just, what do they always say? Don't throw the ball over the middle. Bad things happen, you throw the ball over the middle. And Big Ben just He thinks he's above it. He thinks he's above it, yeah. Yeah, he just lollipops it over the middle. It's like, there's no pace on the throw. It's a lollipop. It's a 50-50 ball. And 
you know, you're just you're just asking for trouble when you do that. But I mean, I'm a I'm amazed. I mean, because I thought if you know, what do we see from guys like Brady, Wilson, Rogers, all these sorts of guys? When something bad happens, okay, collect yourself. You know, it's not that bad. Next drive, boom, 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 boom. You know, it's it's back to normal again. But with that just unraveled so fast. I mean, it just unraveled so fast. I mean, I don't, I can't, I can't figure it out. I mean, I don't, I mean, they still put up 37 points, but I would say a lot of those points are garbage points because the Browns were just very happy to give you 10 yards. They just were not giving yeah. you the play that you needed. So, but yeah, I mean, they finished 12 and four, but the end of the season, they finished one and five, or sorry, one and four. Yeah, I just think if you don't have a run game, and I will say this over and over and over again. If you don't have a run game and you cannot play defense, you're going to get shown up and shown out of the playoffs very, very fast. And I know everyone was ranting and raving about James Conner last year. Then he got hurt. He wasn't the same. James Conner is not a lead back because that is an all-pro offensive line. They need to go get a running back. They need to get, need to get a run game because otherwise it's going to be rinse and repeat over and over again. Yeah, he's a he's a decent back, but I mean, for them the interesting thing is I think they could come back next year and win ten to twelve games, but there's no way they get past say the second round of the playoffs. So they need a reset. I think that Big Ben's time is done. Uh, eh, I don't think I don't think it's done. I think it should be done. Um, I think Tomlin should he could use a change of scenery. I uh, you're right in just that I don't know if there's a quick fix for the level that they're at right now. I wouldn't be surprised to see if they... Yeah. But they are like the Packers. They don't stay down for long. So I don't think it's a bad thing if they decide to make some changes. But yeah. Uh, yeah. I think just a little bit of a new voice in the room. I don't... Not necessarily Mike Tomlin. I think he's fine. Just maybe shake up the coaching staff a little bit. Get some new, younger ideas in there. You know, try and freshen this up. I mean, the problem with Big Ben is I think it's the same problem with Philip Rivers. He can't move at all. So if he doesn't have a run game, they're just going to tee off on him and he can't move. And he always has had that little bit of a gunslinger to him. So yeah. he will take risks. And if you can't move and guys are teeing off on you, you know, you're asking for trouble. And it, it manifested itself. If it didn't happen against Cleveland, it would happen against the Chiefs because the Chiefs would just buzzsaw you with that whim if you were trying to do that with them. But so let's move on. You know, we'll, we'll, you know it wasn't all how bad the Steelers were. The, the Browns were really, really good. You know, let's not <laughs> forget that, you know, the Browns were really, really good. And um, if Kareem Hunt was on the Chiefs, the Chiefs would be the overall unprecedented number one favorite to retain the Super Bowl. But he's not. And that's the thing with going into this game. I know you say Browns don't have a chance. What's the one thing the Browns have Chiefs don't? They got a run game. So they can keep the ball away from the Kansas City Chiefs and that I mean that's the, that has to be the game plan going into this turn but around and say to Patrick Mahomes you're only going to get the ball a certain number of times can you score you know that's what we're going to have to do and that's what I thought they were going to have to do last week that's why I said hey Chubb has to have a monster game he didn't have a monster game I think he had 14 carries for oh I had it written or he had 18 carries and you know it, it was a decent game and I think eight, 8 carries for Hunt but they stayed aggressive they kept putting the ball in the air some, and I think they were just like, this is how we have to play to continue moving the ball. They did not trust their run game. Now, it's not like the Kansas City has um, a run defense to be excited about, but I can't see, like, I think the Browns, if they get any sort of momentum, 
are not they're going to worry that if they start to run that they're going to just start conceding time uh you know they're not going to be able to get going if they have one of those drives my least favorite drive in the world two short runs incomplete pass on third down you punt it away it's the worst feeling in the world to watch your offense do that i worry that they that as a coaching staff and as baker that they don't have the mental fortitude to overcome that and then once they get momentum i think the only way they know how to go is aggressive but they have the quality if they can show the discipline to utilize that run game in the right way that is the best thing that they can possibly do is eat up clock score seven points at a time um i would love to see it don't get me wrong i would love to see it i think the chiefs have looked fairly beatable but now they've had a week off to rest they've had a week to review okay where have we been at at the end of the season here it just scares me a lot uh, um, patrick mahomes your patrick mahomes is younger than baker mayfield yeah i don't know if i knew that uh, Look at this. The four youngest quarterbacks left. Lamar Jackson, 24 years and well, this is posted a couple days ago. So 24 years and one day. Josh Allen, 24, 232 days. Patrick Mahomes, 25 years, 113 days. Baker Mayfield, 25 years and 269 days. That blows my mind. I didn't think they were actually that old. I got to be honest. But um, <laughs> I can't, you know, I'm just looking at this as well. I mean, the, the Browns are going to have Kevin Stefanski back as well. And here's another thing: we don't know how he's going to coach in the playoffs. We've seen how he might. They had a different play caller. You're right. You're right. Yeah. That's a good point. We don't know what he's going to look like. Come. So, you know, we can all sit and say, oh, we know the blueprint for the Browns. But we really don't because we've not seen Kevin Stefanski in a head coaching role in a playoff game. And, you know, I think that's going to come into effect. You know, I think we'll see a couple of scripted plays to start the game where we're like, I didn't see that before. I didn't see that coming. You know, and here's the thing as well. We've seen this once before, and I will see it again, is teams that rest guys for two weeks, whether it be you have a bye week or the last week of the season, the first quarter, you are rusty. I am yet to see one that hasn't done it. So if the Browns are going to beat the Chiefs, they got to get their first possession, punch the Chiefs in the mice, get a seven points, and just turn around and, go, and try and stun the Chiefs as much as you can. I mean, the problem is, is, you know, even if the Browns go up 21-0, I mean, we've seen what the Chiefs can do in one quarter. I mean, that <laughs> 21 to nothing, that league can yeah. go very quickly. Yeah. So the Browns are going to have to keep the ball away. They're going to have to get points. I think on every drive, even if you're only getting three, even if you're only getting three, just try and get points on every drive so you can at least come to your defense and say, get us one stop, just one stop, yeah. you know, and then we'll keep the ball away for five, six minutes. Yeah. And the Browns defense came up with some big plays. I mean, uh, Sione Takitaki, shout out from BYU, had that great pick at the very end. They they did make some plays. They are not bad. I just, I don't think of a defense and think, ah, here's how they can stop all the weapons Kansas City has. Kansas City is also at home. That matters. I know. And they're going to have, this is the most amount of fans you're generally going to see at an NFL game. They can go up to 22% capacity. That's 17,000 fans. We saw about 6,700 fans. In Buffalo last week, um, I think New Orleans was able to have fans as well, another indoors, which is weird. But um, 17,000, that could make a difference as well. It's cold, but, you know, Cleveland's cold right now. I just yeah. I just see things. Chiefs are nine-and-a-half-point favorite. I I, I don't know. I'd, I'd bet the over, if I'm being honest. I think yeah. they're going to win by two scores. The nine-and-a-half-point favorite, that's basically just suggesting that the Browns maybe go two drives without a score, and then boom, boom, Chiefs get, you know, Chiefs get two touchdowns uh, on two drives. You know, but the worrying thing is is the really good defenses. Some of them have struggled to contain Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, McCall Hardman. You know, uh, Sammy Watkins. We're looking at a Brown secondary that 
at best of times this year has been sketchy. Like they've not been, <laughs> yeah. they've been get, able to get the big plays on them. So I'm looking at someone like Tyreek Hill and I'm like, I mean, if you double him, right, take him out of the game, double him. You're then going to have one-on-one with Travis Kelsey, one-on-one with Hardman, one-on-one with Watkins. And I'm looking at that Browns defense and I'm like, no, I don't trust it to shut them down. Maybe get one or two times they'll get, they'll get them off the field. But I, I genuinely could see the Chiefs going on every single drive. I just, I can't see how they're going to stop them. Well, and that's why, that's why, you know, that's the recipe is that they, the Browns are able to control the clock, use their run game. They do need a couple of explosive plays. The other thing is that the Chiefs have a very sound special teams and the Browns could probably won't pick up a big play there. So a couple big plays, sound running game, and then they just need a couple of key stops. They need one pick. It's like uh, Mahomes makes mistakes, you know, rarely, but he does, and we don't know when he's going to come out. Maybe that first quarter is the key. I just, building a lead to me almost concerns. Like, I almost just want them to keep it close, keep it close, and see what they can do, because at building a lead, it's, you know, you can just see the Chiefs just going off. If the Browns had a three-touchdown lead with five minutes to go, I... I wouldn't bet the Chiefs, but I would still say Chiefs are probably going to win this game. If it was under four four minutes, three and a half minutes, then I start to say, okay, the Browns did it. And maybe, here's the thing, we do all this discourse. I like Sometimes Monday morning you wake up and you're like, there were some huge factors we never took into, we never, like, oh, uh, uh, turns out that Tyreek Hill never plays well on this third week of January or something like there's some just random we'll we'll find a reason that the Browns were able to bring it back but I don't I don't see it I just don't see it and I, I want to I do I, I have one more ticket fact for you $862 is the average ticket price to get in honestly that's a little bit lower than I thought considering like the upper uppers are about 500 in this stadium but for that small of a stadium for not that small of a stadium that small of a capacity 862 bucks some people are driving from Cleveland I mean, anyway, I mean if I was a Browns fan, I'd happily pay for it. But um, I mean, so we'll do our pickings, and then we'll get into a bit of head coaching stuff. So, uh, Bills hosting the Ravens. I'm going Bills. Yeah, I'm going Bills as well. Bills, yeah. And then Chiefs beat Browns. I gotta go with one. I know. I'm trusting the Chiefs. I want Chiefs. Yeah, I'm going Chiefs, and I think they'll cover the spread. Uh, I hope not. I hope that's a fun game. I I want Baker and Chubb and Hunt to to prove me wrong. So we have. Um, a, do you want to pick the? Yeah, we got so a, Joe's going to talk about the NFC tomorrow. Do we want to do our own picks for that anyway? Yeah. All right. Well. Well. Um, yeah. Why not? Yeah. Uh, we'll run through the picks for that. So the first one we've got for the NFC is going to be the Green Bay Packers against the Rams. Uh, I am going to go with the Packers just surely because of Jargoth. I was going to say, I really love what I saw from the Rams last week. And honestly, if they had a starting quarterback that I knew was going to be their starting quarterback that I thought was going to play at 100% of his ability, even the low ability of uh, Jared Goff, I would pick. Um, I, I would want to pick the Rams at this juncture. I don't think I can. Um, I'm trying to look for the, the line, and, and I don't see it right here. So I will go with the uh, begrudgingly. I will uh, I will also pick the Packers. Yeah. And then the probably I think this is the most interesting one I've ever been block our week or block our week divisional round. We've got the Saints hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Saints beat them twice in the regular season. They always say they trashed them a second time. 
It's very, they always say it's very hard to beat the same team three times, but um, I saw enough from the Buccaneers against Kyler Heineke to sit and go, I mean, how are you going to stop Kamara? I mean, the, the Redskins have one of, I wouldn't say anemic offenses in the league, but they got one of the most plain vanilla offenses in the league. This Saints team with Sean Payton as our head coach, you're going to see some stuff you've never seen before. I can guarantee it. So I'm going to go with the Saints. I think they'll beat the Buccaneers. I do as well, but I think that is just, yeah, I'm sorry we didn't disagree on one of them. That makes me sad, but uh, I hate Tom Brady as well, and I think he's been very up and down. He's been playing indoors in that dome. That might help. He obviously has incredible weapons, but I just think the Saints have had a strong enough defense they're coming to live and meshing as far as Thomas and Kamara and Hill and, and Breeze all at the same time. Um, even though Breeze looks pedestrian at times, I think that run game and the fact that they have a defense, I just don't trust the uh, I, I don't trust the Bucks enough to to overcome that. Um, if it's a shootout, like if both teams score over 35, I think that is a bad sign for the Saints. But I would uh, I'd, I'd pick the Bucks here and. Uh, the Saints are favored by three and a half points, and and uh, I probably wouldn't wouldn't bet on that. I wouldn't be surprised if they if they edge this one out by three to seven. But yeah. yeah. Well, one final thing from us is we're going to talk about the good sync situation with Doug Peterson. This surprised me because this uh, for us listeners who don't know, there's a thing in the NFL called Black Monday. It's the first Monday after the end of the regular season. That's usually when all the coaches get fired. This was announced not to, I think it was announced yesterday, was it, or the day before that yes. Doug Peterson yeah. was gone. Um, from the Philadelphia Eagles and I was listening to the owner talk the other day and he was saying that Doug Peterson didn't deserve to be fired it's not something we really wanted to do and I'm sort of listening to that and I'm going well no because he did deserve to be fired because they were a really bad football team like what what he's basically trying to say is save grace with them like yeah Doug Peterson won the first Super Bowl for that city and it was a case of all we really didn't want to let him go but you know we just we just had to but to me, that says that the Eagles have chose Carson Wentz over Doug Peterson. That, that I think, is what this could come to. Which, look, you shouldn't be excited about Carson Wentz or Doug Peterson at this moment, but it, it blows my mind that they pick Wentz over anything. He looks so bad, and uh, I just don't... I can't think of a quarterback who had such a regression that really came back to top form. He might end up being just fine. But when I say just fine, I mean, like, Carson Palmer level, you know? So, Doug Peterson, to me, is now... Uh, one of the best candidates out there. I wouldn't be surprised if he decides to take a year out or uh, be a coordinator for a year. He'll be a hot commodity. I think that there was a mess this year in what was wanted from upper management him. It was reported that there were at least three meetings between the end of the regular season and the actual firing. you got to think that maybe Wentz was the key sticking point there, but they could not get on the same page about something. I actually think this is best for everyone. It seems like there's a little bit of dysfunction. Um, there's, look, there's a key... In football, you have your owner, and some owners are less involved, some are more. Some have, like, a substitute. You have, like, a president of operations over your GM. You have someone over the GM, you have a GM, you have a head coach, and you have your head quarterback. If you can line those four things up the way they lined up perfectly in New England for years, you're good. It really seems like there were at least two rifts between Wentz and Peterson, or between Peterson and what's above. That makes Peterson the odd man out, but Wentz sucked. And Peterson is clearly a really good coach. And I think he's the right blend of innovation, gambling, uh, along with being a good sound football coach. And I think it was the right thing for those two to separate. But I think that actually puts Philadelphia in a less stable position because Hurts, to me, I'm less excited than most people. I don't think he's that your future on. Wentz looked like trash. And if there's going to be that much dysfunction, you got to bring a coach in knowing, hey, you're the coach, 
but you're not the end-all be-all of this team. I can tell you who to start. I can tell you to put Nate Sutfield in, you know? So anyway, that is, uh, uh, I, I wish we had, and we'll ask him um, when we do have the chance, so when we have Jeff back on, because I think he, he knows Peterson, and I think I'm really high on Peterson as is, as is Jeff, but I actually think this is a healthy decision. Now, Black Monday, that means they're a little bit behind. A, a lot of these guys have already been interviewing, but that means they have their eye on someone or they think they've got something special that'll help them impress someone. We have not seen um, hires, and I think part of that is people want to see who's going to get the enemy, like, uh, and he's probably going to be out of commission to actually complete the hiring process for a couple of weeks. So they're late to the game, but I don't think that they are going, you know, the fact that a bunch of candidates have already been interviewed, I don't think that they're going to be too burned because there's always kind of this second cycle um, that's going to come through, but it is an interesting way that they went about it. Yeah, I mean, I think Eric Bannery wouldn't have gone to Philadelphia anyway, just because of Andy Reid's relationship and how that went down with Philadelphia. I think there's a little bit of history there where Eric Bannery would probably be advised against going there. And like, we know why, because you can do really well with the Eagles and then next year they hate you. So I think there's better, there's better situations, Certainly. loads of better situations to go to than the Eagles. But there will be someone who wants that job. I mean, I can't... The problem is, is I can't think of anyone who's going to come in there and do a job because I think Doug Peterson is a good coach. I think he's an adult-in-the-room kind of coach where he'll tell you how it is. And But at the same time, I think when you look at Wentz, you're like, if you can't do well and you can't handle an adult-in-the-room, like, what do you want? Like, you know, Doug Peterson is one of the better coaches in the league. I mean... What do you want? Do you want Eric Bieniemy? And if Eric Bieniemy comes in and you play bad, are you going to still be a horrible teammate? You know, they got to get this right because the next quarter guy who comes in and they're he's going to have to be linked in with the GM. They're going to have to have all complete joined up thinking. And I mean, you're right. I mean, this the, the recipe to success in the NFL is good owner, good GM, good head coach, good quarterback. You know, you talk about spines of the team. That's the spine of an organization. It has to be right. And I just look at the Eagles at the minute and I go, there's there is something wrong with them now if we're going to find out if it's doug peterson or not if they come in next year with a new head coach and they still stink then it's not doug peterson and he will have his feet up i think you're right i think you take it you're right he'll have his feet up he'll be watching back going great i'm gonna have the pick of the litter next year so where i want to go but i i'm surprised i thought the one guy who maybe would come in there is dan quinn i thought was maybe the only guy i thought he would come in there and tell carson Wentz how it is he's going to dallas i think that's a really good pickup for them i think that yeah. he's going to really improve their defense i think he's going to be a real successor but outside of eric Bieniemy, i can't think of anyone else for that job like i i don't no no one springs to mind like there's no candidate who springs to mind like, you it's easier with these younger quarterbacks like like um Trevor Lawrence, like these guys, to link them with college coaches like Urban Meyer and Dabo Sweeney. I can't think of anybody who's a perfect candidate for that job. I mean, can you? No, I. it's going to be interesting to see because pretty soon some of their beat writers are going to have a list. They're going to have some names that they're interested in. But there's so many guys that want to be head coaches in the NFL that they'll find somebody who's going to work within what they want. I think a couple key things. Dan Quinn sucks. I hope he never gets another head coaching job again. Like, He's a defensive coach, so maybe that would have worked if he, you know, let Wentz and some offensive coordinator do their own thing. But I just, like, what? Like, he did some good things. He's obviously not a bad coach, but I don't know if he should ever lead our organization again after just such a dumpster fire where he was able to just reach enough mediocrity to keep that job a couple of times, blowing so many big leads. Um, sorry, I don't have any anti-Dan Quinn, but apparently I do. Um, 
the Bienemy to Philly thing, one, he has his pick. He's, I think all but one team has interviewed him. So I don't think he would select Philly. And I, I don't know if the Reed connection would actually be a bad thing. That might be a positive thing because he would have some more inside information. Um, it would be them trying to feast off the best part, but I don't think he'll consider it. Um, I, I think they're a little bit of a mess right now and they don't need to have a plan. The one thing about the NFL is there is teams turnover personnel and success so quickly people are like oh they just won the super bowl i'm like you know what in the nfl that's a long time and when you get that spine right you can keep it alive what the patriots did is unprecedented and that's what people are hoping the chiefs can do right now but honestly like having a bright three to four years three to five years and then being down for a couple years really normal so them winning that super bowl like take it and run with it rebuild again who cares things turn over quickly the thing is in the nfl you can't trade coaches in and out and expect a great success like you can say in european soccer like you just you can't but your team is going to turn over a lot and you're going to have ups and downs every handful of years that's just the nature of a league with a salary cap like this um so i don't i don't begrudge the eagles i just don't know what their plan is i'll be very interested to see there's I haven't been paying a ton of attention to them because I was just watching the games over the weekend, but um, I don't have a, an inkling uh, of who they're going to take yet. Um, but I don't know. It feels to me like the type of coach they want, I don't know if they're going to bring someone in who to me is like, that's going to fix everything. I don't think that's possible. No, I mean, if they want a head coach, they can take our offensive coordinator, Schottenheimer, because if you want something, you know exactly what you're going to get is run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. But, you know... I, I think there's a couple of situations out there, a couple of teams out there that the overall feel of the job feels a lot better than the Eagles. And like, you know, if we were head coaching candidates, I mean, you're sitting there watching that going, why would I want to coach Carson Wentz? Like, he seems like such a, a horrible teammate and he seems like such a horrible quarterback with a horrible contract. It's like the worst three things you can get. So I, I would be amazed if the Eagles get a good head coaching hire and you look at somebody we maybe didn't expect. But, um, yeah, it's not a good situation, Philly. But anyway, cool. yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I have my doubts on I have my doubts on Wentz, um, but I I don't know. He a couple guys he's played with are really high on him, so I wonder if this situation has been and he's not really. You know, I wouldn't quite call him poison in the locker room, but it's a lot to deal with. I don't trust him to be a good quarterback again. Um, I just want to ask real quick. Overall, seven playoff teams. You're always going to have a dud game or two. But only one team gets a bye, but we get two massive days of playoff football. Did you like it? Do you think the NFL should keep this wildcard weekend format? Uh, I did like it. I thought it was new. Um, I think it gives even more urgency during the regular season to try and get the number one seed. But I still would like to see a playoffs where there's no holds barred. So it's, if you get the number one seed, well done you. You're still playing the first weekend. I, I, I just want to see a, that continuation and constantly just playing I don't like this idea of teams can play well in the regular season and get rewarded you know for the postseason where I just think you should just keep playing anyway but in terms of the new format I did really like it because I was sitting there going there's football on every day which is great but all day baby in terms of just the season as well it did make an interesting line because the last game the last games of the season there were three teams in the NFC that could get the number one spot but I enjoyed it I especially enjoyed the Nickelodeon version on the Saints games against the Bears uh, that was something different. But oh yeah, that was good. That was good. But um, that's that's all we got time for this uh, today's episode of the uh, overtime show. As we say, Joe will be bringing out one with a very special guest from the Czech line. 
tomorrow, hopefully, on the NFC playoff picture. But uh, it's been good to have you here, Mitch. And hopefully, Thanks for having me. Uh, don't look stupid with our picks. So, uh, we'll see you <laughs> but, uh, cheers, cheers, Mitch. And we'll get back to you next week. Cheers. Thank you.